In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, guess what, folks? This weekend is the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. My calendar is correct. Don't get going on me. This weekend is the Christian Super Bowl. This Easter weekend, we get to share, we're going to share the good news that Jesus lives. He came to save us from our sin. He was punished for us on the cross and rose from the dead after three days. He offers eternal life to those who repent and believe. We know not everyone responds to this message in the same way. Many of our friends and neighbors view Easter simply as a nice tradition. But our guest today is going to help us address the elephant in the room, if you will, and take a hard look at the Bible's claim that Jesus Christ literally and bodily rose from the dead. And of course, you know the drill. Here to get us started, to get us going, to introduce our guest for today is my good friend, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church. Hey, brother, God bless you, man. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. I say this every time we get around to this weekend and the show that we record for this weekend every year, that this one and the one we do at Christmas time are my two favorites, specifically because we get to sit down and we get to talk with people uh, that are sharing the good news of the gospel. That's the name of the show, Good News for the City, and that is the gospel, the truth about who Jesus Christ is. And I can think of no one better to do it then our friend, friend of the show, friend of One Heart DC, and friend of the Washington DC area as a whole, Pastor Steve King. Amen. Uh, pastor King served as the senior pastor at Cherrydale Baptist Church from 1983 to 2019 in Arlington. He has a passion to make disciples who love God and people above all else. He leads a group called the Band of Brothers Pastors Fellowship in Arlington, and he served on the board of Pioneers International for 26 years. And as I just mentioned, he's part of the leadership team of One Heart DC, one of the co-sponsors of this show with WAVA. He holds degrees from the University of Georgia. If I'm allowed to say go Bulldogs, I think that's where it goes right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has a uh, doctorate uh, ministry, uh, ah, an MDiv. I was going to say it that way. It's amazing that sometimes I speak for a living, Dennis, right? From Western <laughs> Seminary. He's been married to his sweetheart, Maybell, for 47 years now. Two sons, Hallelujah. Caleb and Hallelujah. Joshua. Uh, and at the last time I talked, one granddaughter. Any additional adding to the brood? Still one. Uh, are, you, are you putting pressure on the family? I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right time to do it. Pastor <laughs> Steve says no pressure whatsoever. So that's a good thing. But hey, Pastor Steve, thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming back to the show. I love what we're going to talk about today, what Dennis has just is. So we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to hop right in and we're going to talk about this idea of the resurrection, but not the resurrection as a metaphor, which some people want to think that it is. But why is the literal bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ so important? Glad you ask, and I'm going to have the answer come 
from somebody who lived in the first century, 55 AD, someone everybody would know, the Apostle Paul. And he gives an answer to that very question in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He's writing to Gentiles who'd come to Christ, the book of Corinthians. Yeah. Chapter 15, he begins his defense of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ by saying this. He opens, I make known to you, brethren. Now, here's somebody who used to hate Gentiles calling them brethren. The gospel, the good news, I preached it to you. You received it. You also stand by which you are saved if you haven't believed in vain. Hmm. And when he picks up on that term vain, in verses 16 to 19, these words always jar me to reality. If the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. In other words, if Jesus didn't bodily come out of that grave, close your Bible, go home, don't go to church anymore. It's worthless. You're wasting your time. We pity you for believing it. But it, yeah. it makes everything different. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so, so important because we live in a day where people say, well, that's a nice little tradition. All of Christianity and its truthfulness is built on this one doctrine. Yeah. Amen. So, you know, let's talk about worldviews and our heads and, and, and those sort of things. I think you just made the point where, like, listen, if it's, if it's just a metaphor, right, or if it's just a made-up statement by someone, it, let's just all go home. It, you know, we, of all people, should not have hope. And, and, and I love First Corinthians chapter 15, much like you, we've had the opportunity and Pastor Dennis has had the opportunity to engage people in some of their most hopeless times of life. And, and that is when they're engaging death on this side of eternity. And um, when we go through First Corinthians 15, we go through a lot of this sort of stuff, you know, it, it begins to explain some things. And, and one of the things um, that I think that we need to think about is, can we explain the the existence or of the church, why it exists without the death and the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. People have tried to do that, mm-hmm. but you can't do it without building on a false assumption and a false foundation. First mm-hmm. Corinthians chapter 15 deals with two of those false assumptions. Okay. First false assumption is kind of a scenario. If you take a class in biblical literature, you might hear this scenario. It kind of goes like this. People living in the first century in Jesus's time didn't have our sophisticated, scientific, illumined view of the world and they would be prone to believe in magic and the supernatural. And it was easy for them to believe in resurrection from the dead. And because uh, they were grieving, some of them had visions of Jesus. And then some even said he appeared. And then over time, 
that came into a tradition that he literally rose, and thus the Gospels were written a long time after the death of Christ. Now, that scenario at first seems logical and reasonable, but when you examine it, it's built on ignorance of the history and the culture and the worldview of the first century, and it can't be true. The first reason is that the gospel and believing in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ didn't come a long time after the death of Jesus. Okay. It came very, very early. And 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 5 is my favorite passage about the resurrection. And I'm going to read it. And this is an astounding passage because liberal and conservative scholars agree this is a creed that goes right back to within three to five years of the death of Jesus Christ. Church believed this from day one. Yeah, so it's not some sort of retrofitting later on that they made it not fit in. Not a retrofit, because we right. know when Paul was converted, we know when he visited Jerusalem, we know when Jesus died, this is right at that time. It's no retrofit. There's no time to retrofit it. Here's what it says. I delivered to you of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now, Paul is using a term of received. It's a, it's a non-Pauline term. It means to receive a sacred oral tradition. So when Paul yeah. went to Jerusalem, he already knew the gospel. And the gospel they were preaching matched the gospel he received, and they were giving him this creed that was already there, that Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures, he was buried. Christ rose from the dead, according to the scriptures, and he appeared, and he lists all of these appearances. So in the first place, this takes it back to within three to five years of the resurrection of Christ. The church believed that from day one. Mm-hmm. That creed knocks that argument that it was written a long time after. The second thing that I find so helpful is a big, thick book written by N.T. Wright. I like to review it this time every year, The Resurrection of the Son of God. And here's what N.T. Wright does for us. Bottom line, he does this. He did an extensive survey of what people believe in the first century in the Mediterranean world among the Greeks, the Romans, and the Jews about resurrection from the dead. And Mm -hmm. surprise, they would be just like us, not easier to believe it. It doesn't happen. It's impossible. Now, for the Greeks and the Romans, not only did they think it was impossible, It was undesirable because to them, salvation was escaping this vile body. And the last thing they would want is to come back to it. For the Jews, they believed one day there would be an ultimate resurrection for everybody. But here's what they would never think of. In the middle of history, suddenly there's one resurrection. They would think that's unbelievable. Yeah. And where are all the other changed bodies? Not just one. Hmm. When you go through the scripture, 
you're not surprised then when when you read the four gospels demonstrating the resurrection of Christ. Here's what shocks me. If you go to Matthew and you get to the resurrection account, he puts in there some were doubtful. His own followers. You go to Mark, they would not believe it. Mm-hmm. You go to Luke, it was utter nonsense to them. You go to John, Thomas is saying, I won't believe it. Yeah. It's authentic. It's yeah, telling it, you the heroes of the faith didn't believe it. Yeah, so, if we were going to make up a story, right, we say that typically we wouldn't put doubters in the story. And so it, yes, it seems yes. to lead credence to it. And so we're talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, we refer to them as the four Gospels. What do they then teach us when it comes to the resurrection? Now, here's what I find astounding. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, what Paul said, the history of the church in Acts, here's what's astounding. We all know that worldviews change over a long period of time. How long did it take to change our view of the role of women or the divine right of kings or slavery? But what the four Gospels show you is these devout Orthodox Jews overnight had a shift in their worldview so they developed a resurrection view of life that Mm. jesus was the first he came out of the grave he's alive he's the first fruits and we're all going to be resurrected one day now when we think about the resurrection uh we often think about first corinthians 15 good example paul who was inspired by the holy spirit uh, penned that uh, but he wasn't there right afterwards. Uh, he had a different encounter with the resurrection Jesus for a different time that we could talk about. But we do know that there were eyewitnesses. You've already sort of referred to them already. What do we know specifically about those eyewitnesses and the people who gave account of the resurrection? Okay, you and Dennis are here with me, and I'm going to give you some numbers. And I want you guys to repeat them. And if you're listening to this on the radio, say these numbers out loud. Here All right. 40. 40. 40. 12. 12. 12. 8. 8. 8. 516 plus. 516 plus. plus. You know, I have to tell you, Steve, I just felt like I went back to the algebra class I'm helping my daughter with. What, where are we going with this? Okay. Here, if you get these numbers in your head, you've got yeah. a trail of evidence. 40 stands for he appeared over a period of 40 days. 12, 12 different uh, resurrection appearances, 12 different ones, eight different geographical locations, and 516 plus eyewitnesses. Listen to this. If you had 516 eyewitnesses and you wanted to interview them 15 minutes a pop, and you were working Monday through Friday, it would take you three and a half weeks to get through them. I would mm. that case. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's, that's great. And I think yes, what you're drawing out here is that a lot of times what people have heard is different than what is really there. Uh, yes. I think people throw around this idea that, oh, there's no evidence because they, they read it somewhere that isn't actually addressing it in the right places in that way. And, and we see, for example, when, um, uh, when there's an encounter with the resurrected Jesus, things completely change. We just mentioned 
a second ago, Paul, he wasn't there. However, he did have an encounter, uh, as is recorded to us in scripture, on the Damascus Road with the resurrected Jesus. And, and there's a term that you sort of use that he was changed for the inside out. Uh, what are the requirements to be changed from the inside out? What does it mean? Man, to me, uh, one of the most important words in the Bible is heart. Mm-hmm. It's used it a lot. It's found over a thousand times in the Bible. And when it speaks of heart, it's your internal drive, your internal motivation. Uh, Proverbs says, guard your heart. From it flow the issues of life. Jesus said, your heart always has a treasure. So changing at the heart means your core belief system, the treasure of your heart, where you find your significance, purpose, and power. That's what shifted in Paul. And the evidence is this guy was a religiously blind terrorist who hated heretic Gentiles. Mm-hmm. They called dogs. And now he's calling them beloved brethren and writing to them about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Tell me that's not a change from the heart. Yeah. And I think for people who don't get contextually what a big of a change that might be, imagine if all of a sudden you discovered that one of your neighbors was involved in some horrific attack upon the United States. They helped plan it and that sort of stuff. That's the type of feeling you that Paul would have had towards Gentiles. And then all of a sudden you have this moment and you change from someone who was calling them the things that we would think to call them and feel to now beloved brothers. That That's the type of of change that we're talking about. And that's the type of change that also gives hope. And we live in a world that is in desperate need of hope. And when we believe in the truth about who Jesus Christ is, his bodily resurrection and the good news, we're given hope. What does that hope look like? It's interesting. Hope biblically is not just a wish. Mm -hmm. Hope biblically is built on a solid trail of evidence. And you can stand firm on it. And here's what gives me hope on a practical level. It's the word new. And when you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he literally rose again and you put your hope and trust in him, you get four new things you mm-hmm. can nowhere else. Number one, you get a brand new identity. You are in Christ. You're united with him permanently. You get a brand new power, the power that brought Jesus out of the grave, the Holy Spirit. You get a brand new heart that longs to trust and delight in God, and you get a brand new purpose. You live for his glory, no longer for yourself. You're Mm. changed, and you're full of hope. Mm. And that is, you know, First Corinthians 15, again, talks about our hope for the future, verses 20 to 24, verse 58. Um, you know, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. I think if I remember my memorization from First Corinthians 15, 58, that's I'm in the ballpark. Now, there's a thing. This is a probably a term that if you're not inside of church circles, you're not familiar with. So there's this thing called first fruits. What does that mean then? Yeah, and you're referring to First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, down in verse 20, and Paul says, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. That's mm-hmm. a Amen. true Amen. way of talking. 
about the harvest. Yeah. And first fruits of the harvest are a guarantee that more is coming. Yeah. Jesus came out of the grave first. We're connected to Jesus. Our absolute guarantee, we're going to come out of that grave. Now, Dennis had his dad and his brother pass away. Yeah. And my we son, talked yeah, yesterday. My son, yeah. His son. And, and hope you're going to see them again. Amen. Amen. This is the first fruits. That's real hope. Yeah. You know, Brian, I bet, I mean, like you said, man, we've been in ministry, all of us here, if you had all of us up, we've been in ministry a long, long time. We've been pastors a long time. But you know what? I, for some strange reason, Pastor Steve, when you said first fruits, I mean, how many times have I heard that? Uh, thousands, right? But I don't know, it just hit me, man. First fruits is the guarantee then of more to come. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. And I love that about Jesus. It's not just a one time thing. There's now and more to come. But I think one of the challenges that people might have if they're hearing that is kind of like this. Well, you don't know, Pastor Steve, what I've done. You don't know how much, as we say, at Christian Fellowship Church, I've messed it up. I've blown it up and screwed it up. You know, and we all have messed it up and blown it up and screwed it up. Uh, and I think oftentimes the enemy wants to use that in our lives and other people's yes. lives to say, nope, you're too broken to be forgiven. So answer that. Is there any brokenness, any sin that we've ever done or ever happened that's beyond the forgiveness of Jesus? And the answer is absolutely no sin because the resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that God accepted the death of Christ as the payment for all of our sins, past, present, and future. It's proof. It's been paid for. There's no condemnation. You are forgiven because Christ did it for you. Yeah. And Paul, the murderer, he's the one telling us this. Yeah, yeah. that's some powerful stuff. You know, and, and again, over and over in Scripture, we see that the God's redemption, his grace and forgiveness goes to all kinds of people that we would think from our earthly way, maybe it wouldn't. Paul being a great example, as we referred to as there as someone who was a murderer. He was responsible for not just Stephen's death, but many, many other people's death. But yet God uh, showed grace and forgiveness. So what comes next in sort of the last two minutes as we kind of wind this up? Well, here's where I get very excited. The very last thing Paul said, you quoted this, Dennis. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing your toil is not in vain. Now, here's yeah. the fruits. Here's the guarantee. We're getting brand new resurrection bodies. Mm -hmm. We go to heaven. Mm -hmm. We will be absent from the body very much at home. There's a new world coming with Jesus and you can have hope. What's coming? I can't wait. The older I get, can't wait for that new resurrection body. Hallelujah. Yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the youngins call it. We're going to be getting an upgrade. So yes, we're, gonna, we're gonna, gonna be getting an upgrade. Well, Pastor Steve, thanks for joining us. If you want to uh, get in contact with Pastor Steve. You hear some things, you know, would love for you to reach out to him. You can get to him at cherrydale.org. That's the church he was uh, the senior pastor at for many, many years and now the pastor emeritus, cherrydale.org. He would love to talk about everything he talked about. And we would love to talk to you about everything that he's talked about as well. And Dennis, in just a moment, will tell you how you can get in contact with us about the most important thing that you can ever hear. And that is the good news of the gospel for all of us. Right, Dennis? Amen. Wow. 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 Can I just say, I mean, seriously, I, 
we have good relationships with a lot of folks. Many of you listening right now, you know who Pastor Steve is. You've probably heard him around the area um, for such a long, long time. But, dude, Pastor Steve, I love you, man. I love you as a brother in Christ. You know, I love Brian. Brian's been so good to me as a friend. But when I had the privilege of talking to you yesterday, I I just, oh, man, it's no wonder you fall in love with this guy. So I've done that again today, and you've taught me um, an old pastor <clears throat> more and more about the resurrection. And can we ever stop learning about that? I say no. We can't Amen. stop learning. So, hey, if you guys want to get in touch or listen, uh, hear more about Pastor Steve, I'm sure he'll get back with you. Go to cherrydale.org. That's cherrydale.org. Or, hey, you can go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. You can listen to th- this again in our podcast. Or you can give me a call at the station. Uh, I get my phone calls every day. Uh, they're over my email. So 703-807-2266. God bless y'all. Pastor Steve, thanks for being with us, man. It's great to have you. Folks, we'll see you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.